Welcome to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. This episode is going to be tons of fun. Not only are we a BYU podcast, but we will be declared the podcast of many other things today. Stay tuned in to see if you can find the other two things that we are now the unofficial, official podcast of. We are super excited to talk about BYU football, BYU basketball, and other sporting news in this episode. Make sure you have your popcorn ready because this is going to be a fun one. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod where you'll find tons of fun and interactive content. Share the episode with your friends. Leave a review. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! That's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! Yeah! Let's go wild. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Number one sports podcast uh, in America, in yep. the world. Indeed. Shout out to our Belgian and uh, Haitian listeners. Yeah, our our number five listener base, the fifth largest listener base, is in Brussels, Belgium. So shout out to you guys. Shout out the Belgians. Shout out to the Belgians and all you weirdos that have your VPN set in Belgium. <laughs> Everybody's going to do Belgium now from now on. Heck yeah, let's why just, not? Let's just, just everyone do it. Yeah, we'll go on a tour to Belgium. And no one will show up. <laughs> It'll be awesome. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Uh, as you can tell, uh, Dan is not on penalty right now. Uh, it is just me and Justin. Dan is actually in Hawaii right now. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So uh, good for him, I guess. Yeah, great for him. I'd, re- I'd be in Hawaii right now. I would I love to be in Hawaii. I would love to be in Hawaii. Uh, but we are not, and we are here. We thought we'd give you guys a little bit of a life update. Uh, Justin has some big news. Huh? Which one are we talking about? Uh, all of them. Okay. All of them. Back to back all to back. Um, it was my birthday on Sunday. So, just turned 24. It was nice. Went with Jared and his wife and a conglomerate of other people mm-hmm. that have also been on the show. You'll remember Joseph Curtis and mm-hmm. Riley Ross. Oh, yes. Uh, very uh, Two of our first interviews. They're somewhere in the beginning there. Yeah. Yeah, we all went to IHOP. It was incredible. Uh, the IHOP was dead empty. It was literally just <laughs> us in it. <laughs> it. It was like, what was it, 6 p.m.? Yeah. No one. Yeah. Except for the kids from the Junior Jazz game. And the, you, you know when like, you guys left, we stayed for probably another like 45 minutes to an hour playing Family Feud. Yeah. And we were the on- nobody else came in. <laughs> we were the only people in that IHOP, that poor employee that was helping our party of 12. Anyway. So yeah, it was my birthday. My other life update is uh, we talked... Last week about the fact that I was trying out for an adult tackle football league and maybe you'll recognize this sound. That right there is a helmet. Let's go. Your boy made the team, has a helmet and shoulder pads now. Not only did I make the team, but without pads, I basically wiped the floor (laughs) with the offensive line and in like seven play or I don't know, like 12 plays got like five tackles for loss and two sacks. Like it was ridiculous. I was just all over it. 
We're killing it. I'm super pumped. Season starts in March. I'll keep you guys updated. We're going to be covering the Utah Tackle Football League like crazy. Yes, this is now a what's what's the team you're on? What's what's the name? The New Age Aztecs. The new Age Aztecs. That is our team now. We are a New Age Aztecs podcast. Do you think we can get a deal with the Utah Tackle Football League? The official podcast of the Utah yes. Tackle Football League. <laughs> uh, congrats. That's amazing. Uh, Justin will be hitting the the snot out of some unfortunate adults in the Utah Valley. Mm-hmm. And Salt Lake Valley, right? It's yes. like Salt- all, yes. of, all of that. Goes from Utah Valley... To Ogden, I think, is the highest or northest, most north. It's the northest. The northest. <laughs> they are the northest. So you've been playing Utah State then? That's, that'll yes, be fun. Uh-huh. Actually, they're a division below us. Oh, gotcha. So, <laughs> so maybe. Is there relegation? Maybe in an exhibition game we'll get them. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. just the scrimmage against them, you know, wipe the floor 70-0 to zero with them. Exactly. And then that go kind of play thing. some good team like the Orem Ducks or yes, something. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like the Holy Crusade. That literally have the worst uniforms known to mankind. If you design those uniforms and you listen to this podcast, please, I am not going to hide my face. Come talk to us face-to-face just so we can tell you how bad your uniform is. Yep. And then I would like to listen what went into those uniforms because if you haven't seen it, it's white with like a black vest on. It's like as if and you like were wearing a gold a- orb at the center of their stomach. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like... Are we in the Western days? It's like Dutch from Red Dead Redemption, but just with like a giant gold pocket watch on his chest. Just imagine a middle school tried to pirate Western Michigan's jerseys. Okay. But they made it the wrong color. And the kid designed them. Yes. (laughs) Somebody accidentally spilled coffee in the middle. So for whatever reason, there's a (laughs) brown circle in the middle of their jersey. that They're like, okay, yeah, this is part of the design. So the listeners are probably clamoring for, again, the title of the team so they can go look it up themselves. What, are they the Holy Crusade? I will pull it up right now. In fact, I did not have that. Uh, <laughs> it is the... Do, 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 do. I, I have to go to our Facebook page, which is the Utah Tackle Football League. Go check it out. Go follow or like or whatever it is on Facebook you do these days. They are the Holy Crusade. Holy Crusade. So is that politically correct, even? I, I mean... I don't know. It, it seems a little anti-Muslim. Um, oh my goodness, look at these uniforms. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. I hope our listeners are following along and looking this up too. Because I, just, I don't know, maybe you can see that. I don't know if that's like a crown or something I don't in know. the center of the chest. I honestly, but what? it's like, <laughs> it's so bad. It, yeah, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so there's also teams such as the Utah Outcast. Okay. Bread Runners, Runners, Bread Runners. Okay. Uh, the Wakanda Panthers. Oh, I wonder where they got that one from. The South Mountain Spartans. Okay. The Utah Valley Voodoo's, the Wasatch Wolves, and the officials who also have a, like a picture together. <laughs> this is sounding. This is like. What is this like? This is. This is like. An auto-generated team name that you'd find on, like, Road to Glory. This is like, you know, like, when you used to play, like, Madden 06 or whatever, and they had, like, the European Football League teams? Yeah. That were just, like, the Sea Dragons or, like, whatever, <laughs> like, random nonsense. It's it's kind of like that. It, it, this is totally, this is like, it's like when me and my cousins went in and made our own teams on NCAA Football 08, and it was like, 
the Hobo Hobokens and the Barbie Slayers Academy. And yep. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this uh-huh. is. That's exactly it. And the mascots are like the FCS West mascot or the FCS yep. East. That just like looks like somebody <laughs> puked red and black onto a screen yep. and said, this is a mascot. This is a logo. <laughs> anyway, we'll be following that very closely. We'll get weekly updates from Justin. Uh, I hope to be reporting live from as many of these games as I can. I, I will cover the team as extensively as possible. It's going to be as, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a fun ride. So everybody the official up. podcast of the Utah Tackle Football League. We'll, we'll make a post. Yeah, we'll do Why it. Why not? We'll do it. We'll, we're, we're declaring ourselves. This is America. The just, unofficial, official Utah Tackle Football <laughs> League podcast. I just got out of uh, my media law class, and we talked about the First Amendment and free speech. Ah. This is us exercising our right to free speech. Got it. Yes, because we are not creating and inciting a clear and present danger to other people. And so thus, we can say whatever we want. Interesting. That's what I learned. Do you think the Utah Tackle Football League has trademarked its logo, or can we just steal it? I mean, judging by those team names, probably not. These are like Junior Jazz team names. That's what these are like. (laughs) You got a bunch of like fourteen-year-olds naming the kids bread runners, bread runners. Like that's like look look how it's spelled. Bread. Where 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 are we? They're like over here. Oh yep. R U N N A Z Z. Bread I was like, runners. Is that an X? And their their like sticker on their helmet is literally a money bag. Oh, so we're talking that kind of bread. I was thinking like loaves of bread. No, I. That changes what I think of this team because I was thinking like a bunch of bakers. No. Interesting. Yeah, they, they get that bread. They get the Ah, I get you. They get that bread. Okay. Well, should we move on to uh, some more American football? Since Dan isn't here, we don't have any proper football. True, true, true. But the, the women's national team did win 4-0 uh, against New Zealand. Clap it up. New Zealand. Is yeah. that even a real country? <laughs> Depends on who you ask, I guess. If you ask Britain oh. and England and the United Kingdom, they might say differently. They don't put the beans on the toast. They put the shrimp on the barbie. Ah, it's very different. We do not associate with such barbecues. <laughs> uh, anyway, the NFL playoffs happened. Uh, Heck yes, they did. Uh, let's just highlight a couple of things. First off, the Chargers. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I've explained many times on this podcast that I have a personal vendetta against the Chargers. For moving to Los Angeles. So the fact that the Jaguars, my other team, came back with a minus five turnover margin. Like, Trevor Lawrence literally threw, like, four interceptions in his first six attempts. It was insane. It was absolutely disgusting. And somehow the Chargers still choked it away. (laughs) And the Jaguars are going to be the ones playing the Chiefs. Absolutely beautiful. Chef's kiss. Immaculate. That is the epitome of the NFL, right? One team gets ahead, and it's like, we don't have to keep playing anymore. You play to win the game. Exactly. They really took a BYU route in this. Mm. They're like, okay, we're up by a couple scores. Let's, <laughs> instead of trying to score more points, just bleed the clock out. Yes. And let the other team keep scoring because surely there won't be enough time on the clock for them to score all those points back. Sounds very familiar, Justin. I think we might hear more of this later. Oh. <laughs> not with Jay Hill at the helm, apparently. True. True. I'm very excited for Jay Hill. We'll get into a little bit of BYU football news later. Oh, heck yeah. But more at the NFL playoffs. Um, the Giants 
Okay, I watched the beginning of the Giants-Minnesota game. Saquon Barkley was popping off. He mm-hmm. looked like the old Saquon. Old Penn State Saquon. Yes, amazing. He was one of my favorite players to watch. Hated so him when he cool. would beat Ohio State. He was amazing. He was a beast. I watched him. He probably had four or five carries in like the first quarter that I was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tune in to the end of the game, and they win the game, the Giants. And I look at stat- Saquon Sacks, and I'm like, oh, he probably went for like 150, 200 yards with three touchdowns, you know? No, he got nine carries. He had like five carries for like 100 yards or 80 yards or something in the first quarter and a touchdown. Didn't give him the ball the rest of the game. They nope. still won though, so. That's the Jets. Or sorry, that's the Jets. Wrong New York team. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, media. That's the Giants in a nutshell. Yep. I D- guess so. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes was balling apparently. Danny Dimes is unstoppable. Um, What other one? Oh, the oh. Bucks and the Cowboys. You can't forget. Did we just witness... On the air, a live case of the yips. The yips. Okay. I'm going to say right now, Okay. I'm grateful for Jake Oldroyd. <laughs> what? I never thought I'd say that. I, I, That kicker, I don't know what you do now. Do you move to Alaska and take up, like, fishing? <laughs> Four extra points in a row. In a row. No, I will say in the NFL, an extra point is like a 35-yard field goal or something like that. True, they, true. They moved it back. But still, like on the year, I think he was like 58 of 60 for extra points. <laughs> and then he missed four straight. And not only that, at the end of the last game, he missed the last extra point in the last game. So that's actually five straight extra oh points Oh my that he gosh. Yeah. You literally have one job. You get paid to kick a ball. Yep. Kick. Ball through upright. If Dan and I can do it, Jared can't. That was no. thoroughly proven. Yep. Can't do it. I just feel really bad because you guys didn't see a lot of the behind the scenes. But in a lot of the behind the scenes, like I was missing everything and Jared was making everything. It was as soon as we recorded. As soon as we recorded. I, I got the yips. Jared got the yips. <laughs> so you understand, Jared. Yes. How do you overcome the yips? Quit. Be done. Go smash three bacon chicken ranch, whatever the frick they are from McDonald's. Shove them up your face and your nose and then move to Alaska. So is that what he needs to do to get better and to make extra points? Get three McDonald's cheeseburgers with an entire packet of ranch on it and eat them all within 60 seconds. If he can actually finish them within 60 seconds, then he can go back. All right. He can get another chance at it. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. All right. Well, there was a shot of Dak Prescott on the sideline, basically like cursing under his breath and saying, <laughs> just go for two. <laughs> At what point do you like? It's like when uh, what's his name, the coach of Utah State, Anderson Blake Anderson was like, "Yeah, Logan Bonner's gonna be on a short leash this week," and he throws five interceptions and they never took him out. It's like, where's the point that you get to where you're like, okay, he's missed four kicks in a row. Let's go for two this time. Eventually, you're gonna learn it's like extreme mode in Retro Bowl. You <laughs> have to go for two, otherwise you cannot win. Yeah, it's literally impossible. Yeah, against I, you. I I will take this to my grave. In Retro Bowl, if you go, and NCAA football for that matter, going for two every time will benefit you more than kicking the PAT. Mm-hmm. Because then you put pressure on the other team. You, you're probably going to get it 50% of the time. And when you do get it, the other team is going to chase points and they're going to fall behind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Going for two is the right answer every time, especially when your kicker can't hit a PAT okay. for the life of you. Never punt. Always go for two. Onside kick every time. There you go. The recipe for success. Recipe for success. That's why all the great coaches have done it. (laughs) 
Um, anyway, let's go to this week's NFL games. We got Jaguars, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, and Cowboys, 49ers. Which game are you looking forward to most? Bengals, Bills. You got Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, Burr, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call him, going up against Josh Allen. Two very potent offenses going up against each other. Josh Allen also has a mild case of the yips. After only throwing one postseason interception in his entire career, he threw two, maybe three? No, just at least two interceptions in that game versus who are they playing against? The, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Versus the Dolphins. So he might have a mild case of the yips. That's something to look out for. Joe, Joe Cool never has the yips. Nope. Always composed. Doesn't matter that his offensive line doesn't exist and that he tore his ACL literally like a year ago. He's still winning. Yeah. I agree. That is the game of the night. I will be also be watching the 49ers-Cowboys. I'll be fun. Just because the 49ers are fun. Brock Purdy. I, I've i tried to not like him. I said this in a text over the weekend. I've tried not to like him because he's an Iowa State guy. He's a boss. He's a baller, dude. He's a baller. He's fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. So, those will, those will be fun games. Not to say that Giants-Eagles won't be fun. It'll be fun, but, like, I don't know. Like, 49ers-Cowboys is something that, like, every, like, Every football fan that's over the age of 50 in the nation will be pooping their pants over just because it's like a classic rivalry that they're going to be like, oh my gosh. It's kind of like when like BYU and Wyoming played yeah. and all the old heads were like, oh my gosh, rivalry week. And everyone that like was born in this century was like, what the freak? <laughs> it's, it's a generational gap, right? Yeah. Because we, our generation is like Bengals, Bills. This is going to be the rivalry where the Bengals-Bills play in the NFC Championship game or whatever it is, AFC. AFC, yeah. Like 30 years down the road, none of the kids will know what we're talking about, but we will, right? Yep. And this is kind of the reverse with uh, Cowboys 49ers. Anyway, yeah. I'm excited. I don't really care about any of the teams. I just hope they're all good games. So, <laughs> Just, I hope they go out there and have fun and play to their best ability and that the best team win. Amen. That is every BYU prayer before a sporting event. <laughs> well, and sportsmanship. Uh, sportsmanship, no injuries. Mm. Um, always always uh, holds true. Yeah, uh-huh. always, 100% of the time, especially for the football team. Yep. Uh, anyway, speaking of the football team, let's go there, shall we? Let's go there. Uh, big news this week. BYU football is increasingly... Uh, here you go. There's a charger right there. Uh, there's an increasing support for the BYU football team as transfers are pouring in these days. Pa- Paul, I'm going to butcher this. Go for it. Miley? Miley? Come on, Jay. If you're going to be writing for the sports column in the Daily Universe and be a big J, you got to get the pronunciation guides. Paul Miley. Good. Yep. That's, That's what we're going right. for. Miley. Uh, he was Utah's starting center last year, entered the transfer portal, is coming to BYU. This is a starting center for the Scroots, and he is now here. Uh, he's 6'2", 304, started 12 games last year, has started 17 times in his years there at both center and guard, and played in almost 30 games. So that's a ton of experience, um, and it's bolstering an offensive line that is going to need a lot of help, and he fills one of those gaps. Absolutely. I mean, like, he was a solid, solid, solid center for the University of Utah. And it's not like we're getting some scrub off of that, like, just wasn't playing for Utah. This is a guy that started. This is a guy that was an integral part of two um, two Pac-X championship games. 
and two Rose Bowls. So asterisk, 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 but, asterisk, but, but he was on the he team. He was there. He was there. He was there, and he played in those games. Though we discredit the value of those games, those games were indeed played. Exactly. So the fact that we are poaching guys from the University of Utah is very, very interesting to me because I don't know. Like unless like you've been told like okay you're not gonna play anymore. Like we're making space for somebody else. Why would you leave a team that has won two straight conference championships and gone to two straight Rose Bowls if you didn't truly believe that something special was happening at BYU? That's a good question. I, I don't know. Like, because my first thought is he wasn't getting any playing time. He wasn't a big part, so he wants to come over here to get some playing time. But he played in 12 games last year of yep. their 14. So mm-hmm. it's not like he was getting pushed out, per se. Uh, I'm very excited to have him here. As far as the Fanos, Spencer and Logan going to Utah, and us getting Maile, is that a fair trade? The Fanos have unrealized potential. Their ceilings are potentially higher, but we know exactly what we're getting with Paul Maile, which is a veteran starting center or guard. Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think he's going to play center? I don't know, because Connor Pay is still here. And he Connor Pay was one of the most highly rated centers in the nation last year. Right. And we could use him at guard because we lost both of the Barringtons, and the Barringtons played guard. Yeah. So, I personally, I think they're going to duke it out for center and the loser plays guard. But if th- it's a tie, I would see this guy playing guard because he has more experience playing in that position. And you absolutely never know what's going to happen at the center position at BYU because Connor Pay can be playing six perfect games in a row, but for whatever reason... <laughs> He's going to get switched out. In comes Joe Tukuafu. Joe Tukuafu is going to come and play center for whatever unknown reason until Connor Pay comes back in later in the season and the offensive line is suddenly running the ball better. Yeah. I I don't know. I This gives me a lot more faith in our offense because I was very worried about this offensive line. I'm still, yeah. I'm still not super confident in it, but now we have starting pieces there. We have the Mississippi State transfer. We have this Utah transfer. We have Kingsley, right? Mm-hmm. Blake Freeland and the Barringtons are gone. But we have some pieces there, but we need more. As many as we can get. And I think that this guy is going to be a very good addition. Uh, I'm not going to try for his last name, Jared. I'm just going to call him Paul. Paul. I think Paul's going to be a great addition on the interior of the line. The interior of the line is where we were really going to struggle this year with the Barringtons gone. So I think that, you know, Kingsley will transition over the left tackle is my guess. That's where he, he's played most time. He's yeah. played most of the time. You know, Blake Freeland was at left. They moved him to the right. I think they're going to switch him back now because, obviously, um, you want your best tackle on your quarterback's blind side. Yep. Who's going to play right tackle? I'm not exactly sure. But we need a stronger interior line, and that's what Paul provides us. So, absolutely good get for uh, BYU. Things will slow down in the transfer portal here, you will notice, because the official window for like this window, whatever you want to call it, the winter window has closed. So players will not be entering the transfer portal officially. Now you might see a few signings here and there, but you will not see more players leaving the program, which is good. We put a tourniquet on. We have stopped the bleeding until spring. Yes. Until spring. Uh, and we'll see what that brings. But Overall, in this, are we a net positive or a net negative right now? I think we're about even, maybe a little bit on the negative side. Mm. Uh, if you count not only transfers out, but also grads. I don't know. So, I'm thinking about it right now. I feel like we are at quarterback 
in a better position than we were last year. Yes, agreed. Maybe I will Slovis be as good as Hall in my opinion probably not, but our overall quarterback room is just better. Way better. Just way better this year and we'll have a backup that we can actually trust to throw anything more than a bubble screen. Well, God bless, we hope so. <laughs> yes, we hope so. Aaron Roderick seems to be excited about this backup. <laughs> we have a good running back in that UNLV transfer. Yep. So offensively, I think we're a net positive. Okay. Defensively, Gabe Judy Lally is a big loss. Yes. Keenan Peely. Keenan Peely loss. is also a big loss, but he's a grad transfer. So linebacker, I think we've done a we have a really good track record of filling in the linebacker spot with some random that you've never heard of from some random city in Utah that you've never heard of. I mean, of, that was Max Dooley. But just comes in and plays ball. Yeah. So linebacker, I think we're kind of at a neutral. Now I do think we're at a net negative in like that corner safety, like the yeah the defense definitely. position. But put it all together, offense defense, and I just rambled on about it. I think we're a slight net positive. Okay, see, I maybe I'm just the hat glass half empty guy because mm-hmm. of recent events that we'll get to a little bit later. Um, I think we're a little bit in a net negative. It's it's really close, especially with this Utah transfer. The two positions I'm worried about, obviously, is defensive back. Like mm-hmm. we le- we're losing Caleb Hayes, we're losing Gabe Judy Lolly, George Udo. We don't know if he's gonna be healthy. You know, um, we lost the other guy. I can't remember his name. He didn't play a lot, but he's like a depth piece. I can't remember. He's white. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But and then so the offensive it. line. We're also we don't have as many pieces. We have good pieces, and like our starter for starter. Trade-off is probably equal, but I think we need more depth there. So if we can pick counter. up counter, I would like to hear it. Quentin Rice. Quentin Rice. He'll be playing this year, and he'll just dominate in the backfield. Okay. All right. Resolution solved, then. I guess we're in that positive. You, no, you can, you can no. continue. You can, no, you can continue. That's all I needed to hear? No, I just the offensive line and then the safeties. And and honestly, we don't trust Eamon Hanneman or Talon Alfrey very much. We might. Maybe. 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 We'll, we'll see. We'll give him another year of development, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, Colby Lee grace period. Yes. Where we hate you for an entire year. Zach Selyus also. Zach Selyus, yes. We hate you for an entire year, and then the next year we decide that we actually have loved you this entire time. Yes. Maybe. It's possible. It is You're possible. on the docket. Yes, on the docket. That's a good way to put it. Anyway, that's enough about BOU football. Not much else going on right now. Defensive staff is looking great. Offensively, Beautiful. we're looking really good. Uh, but yeah, there's still a long way till college football season. Yeah. So we are offering some guys in the recruiting trail from like the class of 2026 and the class of 2027. Okay, some freshmen in high school. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, Kalani's dipping into the island. I've seen probably four mm. or five offers go to freshmen and sophomores in Hawaii. So. Okay. Hey, that's cool. If we can start that kind of a pipeline, that'd be awesome. Kind of yeah. like the old days. Island's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, last thing about BOU football. Big 12 schedule. Mm. When in the frick is it coming out? Never. Never? Never. Probably just not going to get one? So you're just not going to know who you're playing until <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> Friday night, you're going to get a message that says, be in Lubbock or be in Waco or <laughs> be in... Central Florida, wherever. I think Central Florida is in Tampa, right? Orlando. Orlando, sorry. Be in Orlando by tomorrow. It's just everybody gets on the plane, and then the driver, the pilot, just like opens a 
manila envelope and it just tells them the location. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless you play on like a Friday night game, then mm. you get the manila envelope on Thursday. Okay. No, actually, Perfect. no. You just, you get an email Friday morning. <laughs> hey, by the way, you need to be in Morgantown, West Virginia by four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be exciting. I hope it doesn't happen. Imagine that. It's just, at that point, it's just skill on skill. No scheming, <laughs> no game planning. It's just what team has more talent than the other. That would be interesting. Why don't they just do arm wrestles then? Why not? Just the coin flip. <laughs> just the coin flip. That would be awesome. You, what if they made you coin flip for heads and for uh, home and away? Oh. Like, they just, like, Dude. decided who you were going to play against, <laughs> right? So you're playing, you know, Texas, Central Florida, and TCU. So you get together and text BYU in Texas, coin flip, you call heads for, <laughs> I don't know. And that's how you decide your home and away. So there's like a, what is it? 50, no, yes. One to the, I, I forget how to do <laughs> don't math. Don't do math on there. It's, it's 50, <laughs> 50, 25, whatever that is to the 12th power chance that you get. All home games. All home games. <laughs> that's why it's only taking, nine. It's that's, ninth why, power. that's why it's taking so long. Is because Tom Homo and Brett Yormark and all the other directors are up there just flipping coins and yep. arguing about who gets home field advantage. That's heads. No, that's tails. <laughs> you 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 declared that tails. <laughs> Call it in the air. Yeah. Um. Anyway, enough about football. Let's talk about basketball because that is something that is actually going on at BYU right now. Uh, let's talk about a BYU men's basketball update that will feature some. Good and bad news. Yes, let's just start with the bad. Let's get it out of the way. The Gonzaga game. Justin, you were there. Boots on the ground. I was there. Give us, what was the atmosphere like? Let's focus on that. First of all, I love the fact that I got to go to this game. I didn't have to wait in line. I got a seat, and I literally paid 20 bucks total for two tickets, including <laughs> fees. Nice. Incredible. Why haven't... Why didn't we do this? Like, years and years before. I don't know Imagine why. Imagine that. Doing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Anyway, Arena was absolutely electric the entire game. It was so fun because it was back and forth, you know? No it team was. was ever blowing out the other. I think the leads maybe got up to 10 on both sides. Yeah. But, man, when Jackson Robinson was hitting his threes, the crowd was going wild. Dude. When Foose was playing good defense and hitting shots on the other end, we was, the crowd was going wild. When Foose got that, like, fast break... And he was like dribbling he just down went the all the way down, <laughs> and then got intentionally fouled and made the bucket anyway. <laughs> it was going crazy. I will say this: absolutely electric game, lots of fun. I am quite disappointed though that they revealed the name of the little car dealership oh noodle guys, and it's paper and scissors for rock paper scissors. That has got to be the most BYU thing I have ever heard. It literally sounds like they contracted. Like, seven young women's presidents to make up this freaking name. And they probably contracted those same seven young women's presidents to sew on the freaking letters to it. Why did we do this? Why? This is, this is like the BYU stereotype to a T. Is that we're just a bunch of white nerds, right? Here's an idea. Just don't name them. Why do they need names? Let them just exist and be there because now instead of distracting 
people well, maybe it will distract them because it's so bad. Yeah, well, spin zone. It's a head game. And it's yeah. a head game. Anyway, but now anytime I see those, I'm just gonna be like, oh my gosh, get those out of here. <laughs> when I think they're a great addition, they're great additions. But it's an absolute eyesore. The big white <laughs> scissors and paper that is in like literal like it's in like aerial font going yes. down their chest. Like just take it off. Why do we need them? Leave it blue. Yes. And it, it doesn't even make sense. No. Rock, paper, scissors. What are they fighting each other? Does this one beat this one and this one beats the rock? Like, what? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I don't know. The best one I heard was that it should be Layman and Lemuel. <laughs> that would have been better. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> At least funny. it's funny. Yeah. Right? At least that. Oh, I don't know. They should, maybe they should have called it Honor and Code or something. <laughs> called it something dumb. Don't procreate. Or just how about like one is derf and the other is soak? <laughs> Why not? Why not? That would have been funnier. <laughs> anyway, that would have been a disaster. Let's talk about the actual game. It went fantastically, partially, but <laughs> until the last 17 seconds of the game. Yes. Yeah, so BYU's up 10 with five minutes left, up four with one minute to go. Yep. We are addicted to blowing late leads. I don't know how many times it's happened this season. It is the same thing every time. Mark Pope and his team get into a press, and they go, boom, explode. Gonzaga, they're serial killers. They were just waiting for this. You could tell. Mark mm-hmm. Fuel's just drooling on the sideline. He's like, oh, yeah. don't worry, guys. We're down 10, 5 minutes to go. Don't even break a sweat. Don't they even stress it. took complete advantage of our idiotic brain farts. Dagger three after dagger three, and then the inbounds pass, the inbounds play that they had like 17 minutes to draw it up for with all the timeouts and stoppages. And it was just, let's get the ball to Spencer Johnson at the top of the key. Oh, no, they doubled him? What? A double team? What a concept. No! And then he dribbles it off his foot, and the game's over. So, fun fact, uh, we're going back in the post-production of the show, and turns out that, like, from this point on, things got a little staticky and you can't understand a single word we said. So we're going to try to jump back in. Uh, it'll be fun. Let's do this again. Yeah. Run it back. So we were getting all fired up about Gonzaga, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing we censored out the other part. That Maybe that's what the mic was doing. It was auto-censoring. Yeah, otherwise we might be wanted for war crimes in seven European countries. <laughs> Yeah, just let your mind do the do the imagination on that part. Anyway, I think it's fair to say we're both very upset with the way the Gonzaga game went. Our team needs to play better. We we need to play better. We can't have eight bench points. No, nope. you, you can't have your last second play be going away from the basket. You can't nope. turn the ball over three times in the last minute and give up seven points. Nope. That's Learn how to inbound the ball. A. Learn how to make free throws. Wait, 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 wait. Learn wait. how to break a press. Wait, 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 wait. These are things I haven't heard since junior jazz. Maybe shoot more than 50% from the free throw line. And you'll win games. Wait, free throws are important? What sport is this? You know, when you're like, dad forced you into the backyard to practice free throws and you had to make 100 free throws before you could come in and eat dinner? Listen to him. (laughs) Or if your parents out there, have you stopped doing that? And if so, start again. We need more Mr. Hazes out there that yes. force their children to make 10,000 free throws at 4 in the morning in their local church building. Yep. 
Yep. Instead, we got these little two-year-olds running around flexing on people because they made a swoosh on an eight-foot rim. They're, like, flexing on it. It's like, you guys are eight years old. This is basketball. This is not your show pony show. This is a sport. Yeah, my right foot is probably stronger than your entire body. If you guys done, if you guys missed it, there's a video out there. This little kid's basketball team. They were just, it was like the NBA, but with second graders. I was disgusted. I was like, the culture war. We are losing the culture war right now. Did you see that little, like, buck tooth, bowl cut, three foot tall white kid <laughs> that was hit, that was getting sturdy in the line, like, before the game? It was, like, <laughs> dropping down. And then he shoots a three that, like, mathematically, it shouldn't be possible for his little body to no. launch the ball well, that far. He's launching it like a freaking catapult. Honestly, if one person on the team deserves a flex... It's that kid because <laughs> there is no possible way that ball should be making it from the three-point line to the basket. <laughs> he shoots it like Kevin Garnett. He like leans up, takes a running step, and yeets it and somehow goes in. What anyway, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Gonzaga lost. We then played Pepperdine on Saturday, one by ten because our bench scored 26 points. Yes. And we shot 75% from the free throw line. That's not even that good, but that's amazing for us. A recipe for 91 points and success. I will take that. Also, favorite thing about that game is that six or five, six of the five players, five of the six players that scored in double figures were sophomores or freshmen. They were mm-hmm. underclassmen. Tons of hope moving into the Big 12. Obviously, we're probably not going to compete for like a top four, top five even spot. But we'll be competing for top half, maybe, with this maybe. kind of, with this core of players, Jackson Robinson, Downhall, Richie Saunders, Foos, Atiki. Like, that's a solid core of players moving forward into the Big 12. And I think that will give us a foundation on which we can build upon. They're going to be here for two or three years in the Big 12. I, I like our chances moving forward. Maybe not in the next couple of years, but in the future as a whole. I don't think we're just going to automatically become the butt scrub of the Big 12, but rather we will be hanging around the lower back scrub of the Big 12. So you think we'll be competing for the upper half? Um, yes, competing. I don't think, I don't think we'll be an upper half team, but... So let me, let me tell you this. Oh boy. <laughs> there are 10 teams in the Big 12 currently. Yes. Okay. The other teams that are joining are great other than Houston, who's literally one of the best teams in the nation. Literally number one in the country. The sixth out of those 10 teams... Okay. Oh boy. So the halfway mark. Yeah, one below the halfway. Lo- the lowest. Yeah, is ranked twenty first in the nation, <laughs> and is Baylor. <laughs> that is silly. Silly. Yep. Okay. So maybe we won't be compete for the top half. We have to be ranked in the top twenty five, and we have to be going up against the team that won the national championship two years ago. Yep. <laughs> well then. Uh, uh-huh. I will amend my statement. I think we'll be playing for the upper 66.6 repeating percentile Got of it. the Big 12. We'll be in the upper two-thirds. Yes, hopefully. Not in the lower third. Because Cincy, uh, UCF is going to make the tournament, so they're way better than us. But Cincy, we can probably beat. Um, yeah. We could probably beat Texas Tech at this point. Yeah, they're 0-6 in league. Yeah, maybe maybe we can beat. What other teams are there that are West good? Virginia. West Virginia, not that good. They just beat TCU by like thirty, though. So yeah, but they're one in five in conference. That's okay, just their one win. Oklahoma struggling. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State struggling too. Okay, you know what? 
If we can be better than ninth, no, that's way too much to ask. If we can be tenth or better, I'll be happy. Tenth or better. How did this turn into like next year's Big Twelve preview? I don't know. So <laughs> let's move on. On Thursday, for an it's an East Coast special for you guys at 11 p.m. Eastern time, 9 nice. p.m. Mountain. Santa Clara will be playing the BYU Cougars in Santa Clara. This is Thursday on CBS Sports Network. Yes, BYU is a two-point dog oh. coming into this one. Interesting, interesting. Um, Santa Clara notably also led Gonzaga by double digits with five minutes left. They ended up losing by five. We only lost by four. Lost by one. We lost by one, so we'll win Difference by four. four. Yes. Yes. We'll win that's, by four. that's what I was saying. That's, that's how the transitive property works. Obviously. Yep. Right? Yep. So we lost to Gonzaga by one. Michigan State lost to Gonzaga by one. So We're as good as Michigan State. Yeah, so it's a tie game. Yeah, so basically, we would be in, like, fourth place in the Big Ten. Yeah. Right? I mean, we definitely beat Ohio State, that's for sure. That is for dang sure. We'll get to that later. I got some thoughts. <laughs> anyway, Santa Clara is actually a pretty good team this year. You cannot count them out. They are ranked higher than us in the net at 80. 80 is not a bad place to be. We are 88th. Yes, but th- we are ranked ahead of them in Ken Palm. Interesting. Though some people would argue that Ken Palm is a little bit more true to form than the net. BYU all-time leads the series 32-7, but if we remember last year, we did lose in Santa Clara on a ridiculous buzzer beater. That was heartbreaking and season-breaking. That was largely the reason we didn't get into the NCAA tournament because that was kind of it. Kind of broke our will, if you would say. No, it really we lost. Didn't. We lost a bunch more. We lost to LMU and San Francisco again. Yeah. Gosh damn! I can't believe it. That San Francisco loss still hurt. The fact that we somehow beat them in San Francisco and then just got the doors beat off of them. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are the top two rebounding teams in the conference, so this will be an interesting Weird. battle on the glass. People may argue that whoever wins the battle on the glass will win the game. Santa Clara, number one in the conference at 40.3 rebounds per game. That's a lot. That's a lot. BYU right behind by .5 at 39.8 rebounds per game. Hey, I like that. That was one of the things that kind of cost us in the game against Gonzaga. We struggled on the boards. They got the so first many time. offensive rebounds. They got so many second chance points. It was so unlike us. Like you mm-hmm. said, like if we can fix that against Santa Clara, I think we have a great chance to win. Yeah, the fact that uh, Waterman was in the game and was not getting any rebounds at all, and he's like six foot eleven, was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of players, it's a good transition there. Um, Santa Clara has this guy named Brandon Podziemski. Yeah, it's pronounced exactly like that. Definitely, in the accent and everything. Brandon Podziemski. Yes. See, if you just muffle it enough, it uh-huh. sounds right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, he leads the team in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and steals per game. He's averaging over two steals a game. Um, wow. Eight and a half rebounds a game and almost 20 points per game. This guy's an animal. I'd say this is what you do. Let him get his... He's only averaging 20 points a game. If you just let him score every time he gets the ball, he's only going to score 18.7 points. Mm. They they can't beat us with only one guy. That is how math works. What if we just take him away, though? Like kidnap him? No, like box and one him. Oh, and okay. put Spencer Johnson on him. Or okay. Resign Zach Selius for one game. I like put that. Put Zach Selius on him. I like that. Zach Selius, man, do we miss him? He was an animal. I love Zach Selius, man. I miss that dude. Yeah. The dirty mustache, the dirty mullet, 
the dirty jersey from being on the floor literally every second of the game. The putting his hand, like scoring on a big man and then doing the too low thing. <laughs> and he's like 6'3". I miss Zach Selyus. Zach, he was like 6'7". He was? Yeah. Was he that tall? Oh, yeah, he was tall. He just looked short com- compared to Comparatively. like Timmy and all those big guys. Yeah. Oh, shut up. I, I should say this. I, I, had, I didn't say this in either take of the Gonzaga game, though. We're currently <laughs> on the second tip. Foose did an incredible job guarding Timmy. Yeah, Foose did a very, very good job. Timmy was only 50% from the field, which for Timmy is very low. And lots of his makes came when Atiki was guarding him. Yeah. Foose was playing very, very good defense, was getting rebounds on him too. The fact that Foose learned Timmy's game, knew his moves, and countered his every move was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, again, this goes back to the point. This is, this is why it was so frustrating that we lost to Gonzaga. Because Foose ate him up like... Timmy is supposed to be one of the players of the year, right? In yeah. the running for the Wooden Award. Uh-huh. And he looked very human against us. Yes, he did. And, okay. I don't want to talk about the Gonzaga game, but we're going to talk about it. We didn't rebound well against Gonzaga. One, I they're a good rebounding team. And we were dropping three guys. Every possession, we would drop three guys to stop the fast break. And that's exactly what Gonzaga likes to do, is get out and fast break and speed yeah. teams up. So we were going against that, right? And so that's where... Um, Timmy got a lot of his points was off of second chance points getting rebounds they also had that other big guy that I really hated um, he would get a lot of second chance points and so Foos did a better job than even the stats will say I think he did like he I think he needs to be commended for that and if he can do the same thing in this game we can box him out we can we won't have to drop as many guys to defend the fast break against Santa Clara if we can send guys to crash the glass to help Foos and Atiki out in that respect I think that gives us a very good chance at second chance points and also limiting their possessions, which will give us a chance to win. Podziemski is a guard, so I don't know how much Foose will be on him, but I just looked up the picture. Have you looked at a picture of him? Yes. He's uh, interesting. Interesting looking. Interesting hair choice, I would say. It's not every day you see, <laughs> you see that haircut on somebody of the Caucasian race. Yeah. Incredible. Awesome. Honestly, good for you. If you have the confidence to pull it off, go for it. He's also a guard, 6'5 guard. So he's like Spencer, a little shorter than Spencer Johnson. He's also averaging nine rebounds a game. Like eight and a half rebounds. That's a lot for a guard. So um, I think he's going to be the key. If we can shut down him or again, let him, he needs to either be the only one to score or the one that never scores. Mm -hmm. If we do either of those things, then we're going to win the game. But if we just let him do his thing, and we're scrambling to cover the other guys as well, like it's going to be game over and we're going to lose. My official take on this game is that Santa Clara is not bad enough that we will lose. I like that take. I do. Santa Clara is good enough that we will win. Santa Clara is playing very well. Like you said, they were leading Gonzaga by double digits in the final five minutes, but they've also lost to Utah State by 22 points, UCF by seven, San Jose State by nine. But they only lost to St. Mary's by three. So... This is a team that has been playing better as the year has gone along. They are playing up to their competition and playing down as well. Yeah. Uh, Notably, I think in that stretch of losses that you said, there were no losses to any other um, team in the West Coast Conference besides St. Mary's and Gonzaga. That is something that BYU has struggled with. And so Santa Clara looks to take over that number three spot, kind of like San Fran took it from us last year. Yeah. Santa Clara wants that spot this year. Uh Uh-huh. So we need to win this game if we even want to stay in the top three. 
Oh, Our next game on Saturday is 6 p.m. on CBSSN. We're going to be playing San Francisco, who's 12-9, and 9, but only 1-5 in conference. Yeah. So they're not actually doing super hot right now, even though they have racked up a lot of non-con wins. Um, they're 129th in net, 113 in Kempom. They have these two guys, obviously Shabazz, that we remember and hate, averaging over 15 points a game. They also have this guy called Terrell Roberts, who's averaging 15 points a game. Um, but yeah, they're just maybe not as formidable as they once were. Yeah, I don't know. They kind of fell off. Obviously, their head coach got posted by Florida. So yep. they're starting with a new head coach. But yeah, their losses to, in that stretch were to San Diego. Ouch. By 12 points. Who we beat by like 30. They lost to Gonzaga by two. Okay. So technically, we're one point better than them. They should beat them too. That was a complete ref show. They lost to Santa Clara. They lost to Portland. Yeepers. And they lost to St. Mary's. So... The fact of the matter is, they've only beaten LMU, and they beat LMU by two. Okay, so this should be a game in which BYU is in an absolute dogfight until the end. I don't know. They beat one team that we couldn't beat. True. True. We couldn't beat them. We could not beat LMU. Uh, anyway, it's up on the hilltop as well. We don't usually... I mean, up until last season, we hadn't had great luck there, yeah. but somehow we won that game. I still have no idea how that happened. Makes no sense at all. Yeah. Anyway, I think this will be an interesting weekend for BYU. We already kind of know where the season is headed, but right now the best thing we can hope for is to get top three in the WCC, right? Yeah. That's all we're fighting for at this point because there's no way we can compete with Gonzaga anymore. We're not going to make the tournament. We maybe not even going to make the NIT. We don't know what St. Mary's is really. This is this is the weekend, right? If we're going to make the top three in the WCC, we need to go 2-0. Yeah, no, we have to. And I do think that we can beat San Francisco. I mean, like, when I say that they lost by 12 to San Diego, that was at home. That's disgusting. Yeah. We beat San Diego by, like, 20. So, I do think we have a good chance in this game, but, you know, it's the WCC. Anything can happen. <laughs> Remember, the worse the team, the worse our chances at winning. Which is weird, but has proven true. It's just the truth. Anyway, let's move on to a little bit of college basketball as a whole as we kind of wrap up the episode here. We're kind of doing this a little bit every week to get everybody caught up to speed on college basketball because we want you guys to know some things about all these teams before March Madness. Yep. Because it always helps when you know a little bit about the teams so then you can go to March Madness and still get your butt kicked by all the upsets and everything. <laughs> yeah. You got to have a little skin in the game. Yeah, you got it. So speaking of skin in the game, mm. Jared, why don't you tell us a little bit about the school that is on the sweatshirt that you're wearing. How is Ohio State faring in basketball? Um, there's no way else to put this. Okay. We are a disaster. We are the house crumbling from the foundation. We built our house on the sand. We are the <laughs> foolish man. This has been disgusting, horrific ever since the end of college football season. Okay. Ohio State loses in the absolute heartbreaker to Georgia. Absolutely just terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Since... Then, let me just read you off of our, our schedule, okay? Kay. Since that game where the football team lost, we beat Northwestern. Sweet. Awesome. Great. Cool. Clap it up. I'm going to slap Chris Holtman in the face for that one. That was amazing. How do we do it? I don't know. Then, we lost to number one Purdue at home, okay? They hit a buzzer beater over us to win by two. Second year in a row, like fourth time in the last five years or something that Purdue has beaten us on a buzzer beater. So I'm like, okay, that hurts, but they're the number one team in the nation, okay? 
Sunday, we go to Maryland. This is like two weeks ago. We go to Maryland, lose by seven on the road at Maryland. It's like, bro, Maryland's not even that good anymore. Yeah. Like, what is this? It was on the road. Come back home. I'm like looking at the schedule. We got Minnesota at home. Then we got two Rutgers, two Nebraska, three easy dubs. Get us back on track, right? We were ranked at this point, too. Minnesota at home. We lost by three. That's disgusting. It was disgusting. That's okay, awful. I will say that it was a tie game, and we go up for a double-hand swat to force overtime. Complete, complete and utter blasphemous call. But we should never have been in that position in the first place. There's no way. You, this is Minnesota. You're home. You can't be doing that. No. And then we go to Rutgers. Rutgers. Butkers. In a Rutgers. Lose by four on the road. We go to Nebraska. This is Nebraska we're talking about. They're not even good at football anymore. No, they're not good at anything. They can't even shuck their own corn. And we lose by three. At this point, has Iowa outcorned Nebraska? I don't know. But I know this. They can both outcorn Ohio State. Ohio State is an absolute dumpster fire. Five straight losses. We have, let me see this, uh, one... Two wins in conference. We're a solid 13th out of 14 teams in the Big Ten. It is disgust. Like, I have no words. No words. The sports gods hate me right now. It's disgusting. Uh, Might I just add one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Buckeyes? More like suck eyes. Amen! Got him! As a Buckeye fan, I agree and I support this message. The suck eyes. They are the suck eyes right now, dude. It is terrible. And listen, listen to our schedule coming up, okay? It doesn't get easier. That was our easy stretch of the schedule. Next, we go play Iowa at home, okay? At Illinois, at Indiana, versus Wisconsin, at Michigan, until we get Northwestern at home. At Michigan? That's a winnable game. It, it is. They're on the outside of the bubble Juwan right now. Howard is literally melting down into a <laughs> plasma. So, uh, we play like six straight tournament teams. Um, yeah, I do not see this getting any better for Ohio State. This no. is, we are co- in complete shambles. Usually, this is how Ohio State season goes. You absolutely kill it in the regular season. You lose maybe two or three games all season. Yeah. Then you lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Of course. Blows your mind, okay. Or you lose in the final like we did last year. Then you enter the NCAA tournament as a two seed. Yep, as a two seed. Never a one seed. No. Nope. Uh, I can't remember. 2008 were we one seed? I can't remember. I don't know. But you enter as exist. That's too long ago. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, you enter as a two seed mm-hmm. or a five seed. Yep. And you lose whatever first game you play in. Whether it be to Oral Roberts where to be to St. Peter's, to Dayton, to Davidson, to St. Mary's LMU Girls College, you lose that game. This year, we're not even going to make the tournament. We're going to lose in the first round of the NIT. Can you make it, though, as one of those, I don't know, 12 seeds that upsets a five? No. Dude, we lost to Minnesota Rutgers in Nebraska. Yeah, that's not I'm good. sorry. <laughs> but hey, at least you are not the only ranked or previously ranked team that is losing. Because on Saturday, a new record was set when 11 ranked teams fell. Uh, insane. In- college basketball, I think this year, more full of parody than even the college football season was. Which is weird because we had Michigan, Georgia, TCU, and Ohio State in the playoff, right? This college TCU. basketball... TCU. 
It, they TCU won the national championship, right? as we said. The BCS national championship, as game. we said, national champions. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think the parity in college basketball this year is even more so than we have seen in the past years. There's no clear cut number one team because Houston, right? Obviously, the number one team. They kind of just defaulted in the number one. Exactly. They don't play anybody in the conference. Who else in the American is even good? Like UCF might make the tournament, and that's the second best team. Whereas Houston has one loss in the on the season and is the number one team. So we don't even really know if they're that good. Kansas just lost. Purdue just lost. UConn has fallen off an absolute cliff. I don't know. Maybe that's the question we ask is who are the national title contenders in college basketball right now? Yeah, there's is, not another ranked team in the American. Exactly. So Houston, can we trust them? The next best teams are Cincy, Tulane, and Temple. You say Tulane and Temple... I, you lost me. Is this the year of the green wave? Hey, maybe it is. Football season was mm-hmm. eclectic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. Where do we draw the line on national title contenders? Because the top five is Houston, Kansas, Purdue, Alabama, UCLA, Gonzaga. That's the top six. And then you have Texas, who just lost this week. Xavier, who just lost this week. Purdue and Kansas have both lost. Who is the favorite? Maybe give us a tier of title contenders. Like, realistic. Tell you what. This is the year. Four? This is the year that Cinderella does it. Oh, explain. Explain yourself. I don't even know. Okay. We go on vibes? Just vibes. Okay. This is the year that Cinderella does it. There's no powerhouse. All the blue bloods are down. Give me, like, I don't know. The team from the Big East that sneaks its way onto the bubble and wins a play-in game. Seton Hall? Play-in game all the way to the national championship. <laughs> Seton Hall then, right? Because sure. Seton Hall was in like the first four out or something, and they just beat UConn. Yeah. So they're going to be on the right side of the bubble now. Seton Hall, why not? Okay, Justin's, El- Justin's pick. Seton Hall. Seton Hall Pirates. Hey, Head coach, Shaheen Holloway, the head coach of St. Peter's last year. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Justin, you're on to You're on to something. Yep. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know who's that good. I thought it was Kansas. I've been watching some Kansas games. They looked really good. They did get jobbed against Kansas State. They did. But every time I watch Kansas, I think to myself, this team shouldn't be winning this game. Like, they have they don't really have like a great big man. No. They they got worked on offensive boards against Iowa State. They luckily won that game. Um, and then against Kansas State, they turned the ball over like a hundred times and missed a hundred threes. So like if you just guard them well, if you play good defense against Kansas, I I don't know. They do have Jalen Wilson on their team. Thirty eight points against Kansas State. That's unheard of. That's like. That's a, a what a bad player scores in the NBA nowadays. Mm-hmm. But for college basketball, that's still very impressive. Who knows? Maybe Caleb Bloner at Baylor. True. Well, do something. The other day I checked in. He had like two points, four rebounds, and five turnovers. That's the perfect Caleb Bloner. That's the Caleb. Line. And the two points were probably on some massive dunk on the free, on like a breakaway. <laughs> or it was probably on a jump ball that like <laughs> it didn't get called a jump ball because he was so strong and ripped it out and accidentally threw it behind his head and the ball went in the hoop. <laughs> Two points. Caleb Bloner, he was so easy to make fun of last year. 
Yeah. It, it sucked because we he had such a high ceiling. We wanted it so bad for him, but it just didn't work out. I just remember like every podcast episode being like, and Caleb Loner went for went for a layup and threw the ball against the backboard with the force of a thousand burning white suns. <laughs> yeah. We used to like do the over under on like Caleb Loner points is like over two and a half points or something. <laughs> we probably should have done over under on Caleb Loner missed bunnies. Like missed missed shots within the restricted arc. <laughs> Yeah, so he is contributing over at, under seven and a half. He is contributing at Baylor just as much as he is contributing at BYU. So what does that say about us? We are as good as Baylor. Yeah, we could be the sixth best team in the Big Twelve this year. We could if be we had Caleb Loner. If we had Caleb Loner this year. <laughs> if Caleb Loner grew out a mustache, maybe he could have been the next Zach Celius. Oh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, like. He hustle had, player. He, had the Devin, hair. Devin, he was a hustle player. Huge hustle player. Unique hair. Yep. Could shoot threes sometimes. Other times, theoretically, sucked. he could shoot threes. Layups were interesting. Uh-huh. The one thing about Caleb Loner that made it so that he wasn't as good as Zach Selyus, he was too fit. Very true. Because he had, he probably weighed about the same, but his was all muscle. Whereas yeah. Zach's was not all muscle. You can't have that. No. Here's the thing. When you're all muscle and somebody's guarding you, they put your hand on your back mm. and it's just solid. Yep. But you're guarding Zach Celius, right? And you're kind of wrapped around him where you got your <laughs> hand on his back and it's and it's fatty, right? Yeah. So he's moving and shaking around and it's like jiggling. <laughs> and like you can't get a you can't get a secure hold on him because your hand is moving, he's getting all sweaty in there oh, too. Yeah. The swass. Yes. <laughs> it's it's awful. So the moral of the story is if you want to be a good 3-4, mm-hmm. be fat. All right. At least have a dad bod. Yeah, at least have a dad Not bod. Not like completely fat, but have a dad bod. Right. Have a dad bod. Be pudgy. Be athletic, but pudgy. Right? Yes. Because athletic that was Zach Celius. Mm-hmm. In, the Sa- in the St. Mary's game, he got the game-winning block. And it was because the guy underestimated him. Yep. Oh, I love Zach Celius. This has just become oh, a Zach Celius podcast. This is Zach. This is a... The a BYU podcast, the unofficial official podcast of the Utah Tackle Football League, yep. and a Zach Selyus podcast. All right, there you have it. <laughs> um, yeah, we will come back next week. We will do a breakdown. We'll do more in depth because this week we spent a lot of time fixing the audio. First off, yeah, and also covering Gonzaga and a couple other things. Uh-huh. Next year, next week we'll come back. We'll do a more in depth uh, dive. You can't dive in the shallow end. We'll dive into the deep end yeah. of college basketball. We'll give you our title contenders, teams to watch out for. Uh, we might go through the conference races, give you one or two teams to look out for. And we'll also, because BYU has no shot at making the tournament, Ohio State has no shot at making the tournament, we will give each of us a team that is on the bubble right now, audience included, you listeners, you will get a team that is on the bubble and then we will become completely invested in that team, become their number one fans, oh, yeah. and see who wins, who got the luckiest. I'll be the number one poster on that team's message boards. I think, Justin, you have to have Seton Hall now. Yeah, I'm just a Seton right. Hall fan. This is the sneak peek to next episode. Justin gets Seton Hall. Hall. <laughs> Seton Hall's all mine, baby. The, the Pirates, baby. That's a cool mascot. Pirates, baby. Mike Leach. Mike Leach. Rest mm, in peace. Rest in peace. May his soul rest in peace. Yeah. What a good note to end the podcast on. Yeah. 
Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We have now had to record twice and splice audio together because we're kind of struggling today on that front. Yep. But we are so happy to do it because we love this little community that we have created. Help it grow by following us on Instagram and Twitter at LoyalToRoyalPod, sharing the episodes and posts with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. We appreciate any feedback that you may have. We will gladly take it, DM us, hate on us, leave a review, whatever you need to do. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Get ready to have a random team to cheer for. Goodbye now. Bye.